Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Going Greyhounds on your Thursday, February 29. Don't get to say that too often right here on Sky Sports Radio. Simon Orchard with you each and every week. And as always, as I look around the racing calendar at the moment, gee whiz, if you can't find a good race for your good dog, you aren't trying hard enough. Richmond Oaks and Derby finals tomorrow night, Friday out in the west of Sydney. Country classic heats absolutely everywhere at the moment. Dapto tonight, the Gardens, Richmond and Dubbo to come. Tomorrow Cup. The heats of that race have dropped uh, on Sunday. Some wonderful greyhounds heading to tomorrow. Some great Victorians coming up to join the party as well. And the Egg Carnival, it's just around the corner. An exciting time to follow the dogs. Cannot wait to cover it over the next couple of weeks. Uh, our guest today, Sky Racing broadcaster Russell Veach, he'll join me on the program in just a moment. He'll call all the action tomorrow night at Richmond. But before he does, uh, I threw up a yarn on the dogs.com.au yesterday about Litter Brothers, Mr. Peregrine and Not Without. They'll contest the Richmond Derby final tomorrow night. And it's kick-started a great conversation online. Who are the best Litter Brothers to ever set foot on a greyhound track? Have a think about that. The best Litter Brothers to set foot on a dog track, if you've got some thoughts, jump on the dog's Facebook page or even just have a yarn to your mates. Join the conversation. Because uh, it's a good one to have. Anyway, we digress. The voice of the Richmond Race Club is waiting patiently on the line. It's time to welcome Russell Veach into the show. Morning, mate. Good morning, Simon. Nice to be with you. Mate, before we talk about the dogs and what's happening tomorrow night under the Friday Night Lights out at Richmond, take us back. Let's do a little bit of a journey back in time to Goulburn, the place you grew up and where you fell in love with racing of all sorts. Talk to us about that, mate. Yes, I was a, a young kid, a, a very young kid when I first started, uh, you know, pretending to be a race caller. Back when I was about three or four years of age riding a rocking horse, um, I went to the Goulburn Greyhounds uh, as a, about a 12, 13-year-old, and I, I met up with uh, Kilo Rourke, who was uh, deputising for Gary Clark on that occasion. I think uh, Gary was ill. And uh, Kilo gave me a core four-dog race. Uh, the green rug, of course, was the brown back in those days, and uh, a dog called Beaumont Dixie won that race, and the, the race broadcast was disgraceful. Uh, I don't wish to hear that race call ever again in my life. Uh, so I went from there, and uh, I went to uh, with Tony Campbell and called uh, a few of the uh, thoroughbred programs on Melbourne Cup Day for consecutive years back in... Uh, in my uh, HSC year, so in year 11 and 12, and uh, I finished up the year 12 exams pretty pretty quickly before heading off to the track to call the thoroughbreds. But uh, and then a hiatus of many, many years doing the coordinating on Sky Sports Radio and uh, then into broadcasting just a couple of years ago of the Richmond Dogs, and I was very grateful for that opportunity and uh, certainly a big one coming up tomorrow night. Uh, gee whiz, Russ, you're showing your age talking about the old brown <laughs> coloured rug there, mate. What um, You talk about Kelly Rourke and, of course, Gary Clark, too. Well, mm. mainstays of the coverage, of course, over the last oh, couple of decades in the greyhound racing. What is it like race calling, Russ? For those out there who are wondering, or oh, how difficult is it? What sort of preparation goes into it, especially ahead of a big night like tomorrow out at Richmond? Talk us through the process. Well, there's a lot of form, of course, when the, the fields come out on the dogs.com.au. You, 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 you can go through those form, uh, you know, intensely. Uh, the night before, probably, and then again after the scratches come through to make sure that the reserves, if they do get starts, are they chances, and you, you must throw them in. Um, and you go from there, and you go to the track, and you, you do your, um, your, your on-course uh, you know, commentary, and then you go through the, your best bets and uh, any late scratchings and uh, changes for the card. And uh, and then basically before each race, uh, outside of the, the work on track and the, the radio commitments, 
you uh, it's just repetition of getting the dogs into the head and uh, a lot of dogs stick immediately uh, some dogs uh, particular colors sometimes a five or a six may not attract to a certain name of a dog and you really have to uh, to drill those into the head before you start and uh, then you're ready to rock and roll for the, the cross from sky racing and sky sports radio and uh, you go through the race and then the post race and then you, you have about 15 minutes off and you go and do it all over again and try and forget the dogs that you just uh, remembered <laughs> as easy as that, eh, Russ? Hey, last one before we <laughs> last one before we start talking about uh, the big races tomorrow night. Of course, out at Richmond, the, uh, the Derby. There's a country classic heat as well. Um, just on yourself, what about uh, Wentworth Park last year? Talk talk us through getting the call up. I guess I know Matt Jackson, obviously the number one caller in the state at the moment. Um, but you have had some experience at Wenty Park. You had the great call of Windra All Class. I still remember Sue Barton, God bless her soul, saying uh, she's burning out in front, which was just iconic, I thought, at the time. What was that like, mate, getting in the big chair at Wenty Park? I made to follow some of the greats of broadcasting. Uh, you know, Matty was ill, and uh, to follow Matty, and of course, Timmy Newbold prior to him, and the, the great Paul Imbrosaldo, who's been a wonderful mentor to me in the last couple of years in uh, my start, starting out my race broadcasting career. And it, to call Whitworth Park sitting in that chair, that same booth as the legendary PA, was an amazing experience. Uh, I was full of nerves. Uh, we called, I think uh, one of the first meetings I called was the National Futurity and Derby Heats, inclusive, of course, of Go Bears, who won the heat of the Derby, the National Derby. Uh, so we, t- we go back a couple of years there, but uh, it was it was no doubt the highlight of my career. Beautiful, mate. Of course, Go Bears, a good segue there. We'll talk about him going around in the Richmond Derby tomorrow night. But first, we'll start with the Oaks. It's race six on the program tomorrow night. I was just having a look at the market before. Current joint favourites, My Hepburn from box seven, Shanghai Susie from box two. Hurricane Rain was a runner-up in the National Futurity earlier this year. Zipping Teresa's got great rec- a great record out at the track and trip. Talk us through some of the runners, Russ. Look, I think uh, who would have imagined in the sky would lead so clearly in the heat from box number five? Mm. I don't think many people pinned her in as the leader in that race. I see her, if she can jump again, my Hepburn, obviously, she's the fast dog out of the boxes and uh, she's probably the, the benchmark. But after seeing In the Sky last week, where does that place my Hepburn? Where does that place Embrace? Now, she's not as good from a wide draw, but she has won a Peter Mossman Opal from that box earlier in her career. Is she as fast out of the boxes? No, I don't think so, Embrace. I think she gets trapped wide and she'll do some work from there, especially if In the Sky jumps. You'll have In the Sky by Hepburn and Embrace. And up on the inside, I think leading the ball to the first quarter will possibly be Hurricane Rain. It came out in an average of 4.29 over this particular course at Richmond. I see that as faster than the two alongside. Shanghai Susie and Akai Princess. I think Akai Princess gets a, a pretty wide run to the first corner. I think Coco Model won't be too far away either. So there's plenty of speed there going to the first turn. I think Hurricane Rain can hold them out from box one for Thomas Rees. Can she hold off uh, the others in the run to the, the post? I don't think so. I don't think she's quite strong enough. I don't think the 29.8 is... Uh, fast enough to win an Oaks. I think uh, certainly Shanghai Susie can win an Oaks, and if Zipping Teresa on her best, uh, she'll be right up there as well. But I've gone for the Greg Rempre trained Greyhound, the third grader, Shanghai Susie. She loves the draw. She ran a 29-6, leading all the way, knocking off Zipping Teresa last time out. And this daughter of Fernando Bayless won 9 from 28. She loves this track. She loves the box. She has the early pace. 
she ticks lots of uh, lots of boxes here, and I think she sits out a hurricane rain and takes over in the concluding stages. So I'll be with hurricane rain race uh, Shanghai Susie race six number two. Yeah, you're spot on. Richmond Oaks final uh, favourite at the moment. Shanghai Susie box two. You mentioned some interesting points there, Russ. Embrace talked to Craig Shaffler quite a bit, and I always had the opinion that he thought Embrace was better off box wide. You look at the box eight yeah. record, the one win that you mentioned, that group one victory from 13 starts. So maybe the pink, not all, all it seems for her. Hey, what about some of the winners of the Oaks over the past couple of years, Russ? I think Yuko Girl last year, and then there was another really good group one winner who took it out for Frankie Hurst the year before in good odds cash. What do you make of the Oaks winners and the list um, of dogs that have taken it out over the last few years? Well, one of the greatest of them all, of course, the Hall of Fame bitch, the Fawn Flash. I remember mostly winning a, a Richmond Oaks. Of course, I wasn't around at that stage, but certainly in the record books was the great Zoom Top. Uh, can you believe she started at Goulburn on debut at 14 months of age, as was her physique at the time? 14 months she started at Goulburn mm. on debut. The great Zoom Top, of course, probably the, the Bradman of the bitches, if you will, uh, in Greyhound Racing. Winifred Bale won it back in the early 80s as well. And, of course, UK Girl for the Sultanas last year. It's been a wonderful race, and uh, this is very, very open for year's edition. We're $50,000, of course. A normal group, two with 40000 in New South Wales from Greyhound Racing New South Wales and the club uh, ticking in an extra $10,000. So the richest edition of the Oaks in the Derby for 2024. Yeah, spot on. It's interesting you mentioned Zoom Top, 14 months of age. I was having a look through the ages this morning. You really have polar opposites here. Coco Model turned four on Wednesday. I think mm. uh, the team, Tate and Greg Corliss, were thinking of throwing her in a Masters race on Wednesday night if she didn't get through to the final. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got Hurricane Rain, who doesn't turn two until April, uh, Russ. So certainly uh, an intriguing addition of the Oaks this year. Cannot wait to see how that plays out. Russell Veach is... My guest this morning on Going Greyhounds, we've heard a bit about him, we've heard a bit about the Oaks, and now we're going to turn our attention to the Richmond Derby, as you mentioned, $50,000 race as well. Currently, Zipping Novak heads uh, the the uh, tab market at $3.20. You've got Furness at $4.60. You've got Mr. Peregrine, $5.50. Go Bears, who we mentioned at $6.00, and not without, the one I really want to talk about um, a little bit as well, $4.00 uh, with the tab going at the moment. Russ, what do you make of the Derby final? It's terrific. It really is a very good race. Uh, Zipping Novak looking to go back to back. Of course, uh, Jason Magwood, the trainer, won with Catch Me Curly, the Richmond Derby, back in 2019. He won with the Novak last year. He's looking to make it three from six, and he's drawn box number one. Has he got the thrust to lead? I don't think he can lead Furness. I think he sits behind Furness, perhaps, and then not without and go Bears sit outside of Furness. Where they posse is a really good question. And Mr Peregrine, where does it end up after its run last time out? Well, I thought it was just a bit plain in second, but he'll certainly benefit from the outing. Furness has got the great speed. It's got a 4.30 average to the first marker. It's the up-and-coming greyhound of fifth grade taking on the other greyhounds. And of course, not without as a six-time winner in seven. He's only beaten once, and that was behind the, the flying first lady, who was heavily backed to win the Heat of the Oaks last week and had absolutely no luck from the wide draw. He just could not reel her in. He does have a little flat spot coming off the back at the Richmond Circuit. He's done that on a couple of occasions outside, of course, his 29-34 brilliant win earlier in his career for Jane Carruthers. I know the Carruthers team, Jan and John, think Mr Peregrine's faster, but where does he end up, uh, Simon, from box number eight? 
Mm, good question. Um, I think Mr. Peregrine, the interesting one coming out of that Robert Smith Memorial Russ, the first race, uh, the first start, sorry, in the in the heats was the fastest maiden time in the history at the Gardens track. Comes out and runs an absolute bottler in the final. Had no luck. Was last going into the first bend. Had to bump and grind and ride its way through. And then maybe just a little bit flat coming out of that run in the heats. I expect him to be a big improver. I guess not without. This is the one who I think you're honing in on. I like him as well. I really loved your call of him. I reckon it was four or five starts ago. I think the quote was a speed machine wrapped in canine camouflage. I thought that was just absolutely brilliant. But you're right, box six and box eight for the brothers. I mentioned that yarn that we wrote um, yesterday on thedogs.com.au. Johnny Carruthers gives them no chance. Is he just maybe uh, hosing down expectations, Russ? Are these two the real deal? Look, I know, I know we're basing it on potential, but what else can you base it on when well, he's gone on 29.34? I know he hasn't gone that time since. He's gone 29.5, 29.6. I think 29.6 is probably enough looking at the box draws to win the race. I think 29.6 will probably cut it. Uh, Go Bears goes from a, a, an inside box out to uh, box number seven. Uh, it, it all depends on what Mr Peregrine does from that box eight. That's what my concern is. I, I think everything else plays out to, to script. I think Furness leads... And then the others come across, and the other dogs on the inside, uh, I think they'll be they'll be struggling somewhat. I think Zipping Novak probably gets a, a decent run, perhaps behind the leader, perhaps three back behind the leader. I think both Bowers Ace, if there's a rough in the race that wins, it's probably it, even though it's only a fourth grade of a Min Finn. He is a six-time winner in 17. He's got enough speed to get possibly a, a, the back of Furness if it can hold out Zipping Novak early. So it might be one. I think this says some money for it too. 41 to 26 for both Bowers Ace. It might be the roughie in the race. But it all comes down to what Mr Peregrine does. As you said, the Robert Smith Memorial Maiden Heat was simply stunning, and that can't be forgotten. Mm, lots of intriguing storylines, of course. Joe, uh, Go Bears in the care of J.R. Patea now, and he won our uh, Young Performer of the Year at the Greyhound Racing New South Wales Awards last Thursday night. Zipping Caleb, one that we haven't really even mentioned, Russ, I think is really interesting. Spoke to Mini Finn on Monday. Uh, Zipping Caleb was going around in the Gosford Heat of the Country Classic Tuesday night. I just questioned... Mm. Was that the right preparation? What were you thinking? And Minnie said, this dog absolutely loves the work. He's a really edgy dog who loves to get out and race, and she thinks he will bounce out of that. And it was a wonderful win there at Gosford. She thinks he'll bounce out of that in even better form coming into the race tomorrow night. So maybe another one, Zipping Caleb, that we haven't really talked about. $15 you can get for him at the moment with the tab. A lot of wonderful storylines. Can Zipping Novak go back to back? Can the young guns maybe knock him off or will it be one of the Finn runners? Plenty to play out uh, and you are going to be the voice of it tomorrow night. Before I let you go, Russ, a wonderful program tomorrow as well. The Frank Kennedy Memorial, John McComb Memorial and of course a heat of the country classic as well. What does it mean to the Richmond community this night every year? There's just so many people, of course, who they go each and every day, whether it be a Sunday, whether it be a Monday, a Wednesday or a Friday night, they're there, they're sitting at the tables, they're conversing about the greyhounds. It's a real community, it's a, it's a real uh, family atmosphere at the Richmond Race Club and uh, they really enjoy their, their greyhound racing. And, uh, of course, the highlight, the flagship race night of the year is no doubt it's the running of the Group 2 Derby and Oaks Finals. You mentioned the Country Classic, of course, on Route 2, the big uh, Dubbo meeting with $125,000 to the winner in mid-March. Uh, interesting runner, Zipping Vanessa. I think she's a bit short uh, on the, the tab at the moment <laughs> in box number five. Uh, I know she's uh, uh, she's a superstar when right, but is she right? Uh, I'm not going to question Minfin at all. 
Uh, it's box number five. It's uh, better over the 700. I think it's the Lazy Vanessa. Obviously, the Belmac Blazer has been racing really well and up and coming, uh, staying tight for Brendan McHatton. Looking for three on the bounce, but it should be terrific. Uh, there's uh, plenty of, uh, of course, action for the kiddies as well. The Bistro will be open. A real carnival atmosphere as well. Dessert trucks for a uh, face painting. I might need some of that actually. Jumping Castle and the balloon toys will be made. So this, I've got to say for radio, there's plenty happening tomorrow night with the big ones, the Group 250K, Oaks and Derby. Ah, well said, Rush. You had me at dessert truck, mate. I'll be there, I'll be there any day of the week for a dessert truck. Mate, great to talk to you. Great to hear a bit more about you. We obviously hear your voice each and every Friday and around uh, the Sky Racing channels. But go well. I cannot wait to see what you come up with. And, and good calling ahead of the big night tomorrow at Richmond, mate. Certainly looking forward to it. Thanks for your time, Simon. There he goes, Russell Veach. Fantastic guy. And as I said, one of my favourite callers, a speed machine wrapped in canine camouflage, one of the best this year. Uh, looking forward to a big night at Richmond tomorrow. Uh, some best bets just quickly around the state before we go, if you want to have a play today. The Richmond Straight race 10, number 6, Doonside Lewis. That's halfway through the card. So 10, 6, Doonside Lewis in uh, just over an hour, I reckon. You can get on Doonside Lewis. Gunnada, race 9, number 5, Samuel Swan. Dapto tonight, a heat of the country classic there. Race 7, number 2, August Bob for Stevie Fitch going up to the 600-metre distance at Dapto. So that's 7-2. And if you want to follow Russ's tips tomorrow at Richmond, he likes Shanghai Susie in the Oaks. He likes Not Without in the Derby. And he likes Bell Mac Blazer in the country classic heat at Richmond. That's all tomorrow night. That's going graze for another week. Stick to the dogs.com.au for all the reaction from our feature racing over the next couple of days. And good luck if you're having a punt. Until next week, hooroo.